meeting at gate B11 for the flight to come on back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and then back to the sacred Central Texas area. Salado, beautiful Salado, ready to see it, ready to see what's going on. Kevin Longquist, after a uh, some time at the beach, has made it back uh, to the blazing hot Metroplex. Kevin, uh, appreciate you joining us today, and uh, I uh, hope you had a great uh, time at the uh, at the beach. I, I I was excited. I always think of you immediately when. Uh, when when Baylor gets one of these recruits, and I know we were kind of I, this was came out news came out yesterday, but the big D lineman from Lakeview Centennial, uh, Trey Wilson. Now you, you you always seem to have a uh, uh, a real good feel for like which direction some of these things are blowing. Did you sense it was headed Baylor's way? Was there any was there any surprise on this one? No, I think what happened there, Matt, what was, what was interesting about this was, you know, at the beginning of June when Baylor was getting all of it, and even late May when Baylor was getting all of its official business lined up, that Wilson's name came up, and it didn't sound like his official visit was going to happen. And this was shortly after he announced his top eight. And I'm thinking, well, that's really weird because he came down and had a pretty good experience for his fall, excuse me, spring camp down in, like I think it was late March, and then uh, the tide kind of turned toward the middle of the month where he did wind up scheduling his official visit there. And once he did that, I thought that Baylor put himself in the position to get him. And obviously that's what happened. And the one thing that Trey has talked about in the past about his experiences at Baylor is the fact that he feels like the defense fits him in terms of the speed and what the, how they use their defensive ends. I think he's a guy that could be a candidate to be maybe in that jack position because he's 6'3", so that's, that's tall enough so that you can drop him back and he's flexible enough so that he could play that. I don't know if he's got another growth spurt in him or not, but that would be an option for them to consider him at. But, of course, we have to let it all play out by the time he gets on campus and then see where it goes. But to your point on that, this is a great pickup for them. And one other thing I'll point out is that 14 of their 23 commitments – for this class are either three-star 5.7 ratings, which is the highest three-star ratings that Rivals goes, or four-stars. So you're talking about 60% of this class that is sitting at 5.7 for a four-star four-star recruit. That's pretty good stuff. I feel like we've got, like, we're playing music for Kevin or something. I like this. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> Kevin, are you hearing that? I mean, this is quite a yeah. deal. You know what, Matt? I think I actually flew out of. I, I was actually in Philadelphia uh, about two months ago. I think I flew out of that game. Oh, yeah. I think probably that's where Dallas Fort Worth flights are uh, are headed out of. And I uh, at Philadelphia Marriott uh, Airport Marriott. I've stayed too. I've stayed at way too many times. But I am right across uh, uh, Kevin from Geno Stakes. Uh, and oh, yeah. that is, uh, you know, you got to do it. You got to do it when you're in town. I may go ahead and grab some of that, but man, I've been eating pizza and pasta all across the all across Italy, so I need to kind of calm that down uh, for sure. Well, I, there was something else, Aaron and I. What? Oh, we, you know, we've done Rome before. This was more about the Amalfi 
coast and uh in in that whole area sorrento and and uh, ravallo and this was kind of i was inspired by stanley tucci's cnn uh food show where he was eating everywhere and and that was uh it was pretty uh pretty remarkable stuff um uh you know all that part they went to venice spent a little time in venice but i do love what you're talking about, the Vatican. We took a tour last time we were there. Loved it. When my daughter was 10 years old, we got a, uh, you know, a tour guide that we thought would be great with a kid, and uh, it turned out she was awesome and uh, explained to us how she used, like, uh, Italian food terms to say, you know, that Rome is like a lasagna. It's just built on each layer. That, that really resonated with me, being a, being a huge lasagna connoisseur now uh kevin one of the things we were visiting about earlier was uh this this novicide uh the youngster has uh seen in, in at least some of these places more rivals does such a great job with this but boy, his ratings keep going up and up and up i think somebody just moved him to like the number eight quarterback in the 2023 mm-hmm. class and it is is explain this to us. You've done this before, but just so people kind of understand this, does does the when you start getting the Ohio State and uh, and like those enormous type offers that he's getting, does that impact that at all, or is it just is this the time of year, no matter where the the offers are coming in, that they kind of adjust guys uh, as far as four star, five star, three star. I think it's yes to all of your questions, Matt. I think part of it, you know, Austin was rated fairly high anyway when all these ratings came out. I think when at the time that he committed to Baylor back in December of 2021, he was either a 5.7 high three-star or he was a 5.8 about to break into our 250. And then when the first ratings, and then when the ratings came out in February, uh, right after the signing period, I think he was around 248. And then when our next ratings period came out in May, uh, he jumped all the way up to 136. And then we have another one that's coming out like in September, I believe it is. And I think what what part of this is that if you've got really great talent, of course, and you get the ton of major division P5 offers coming to you like in Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgia, that sort of thing, that's going to obviously increase your stock because those coaching staffs will kind of, if you will, get the benefit of the doubt of getting the top talent and that they want to pursue that type of player. So that's going to impact it. I think in Austin's case, he was very highly thought of to begin with. And then as he started to go through the camp season, especially, and then as, and, the, and then he went through a formalized uh, a national seven-on-seven season where he got more exposure to more recruiting sites, not only ours, but others. And then he got to go to the Elite 11 camp in uh, Southern California in late June. Those all played a part. So then the further evaluations continued from the coaching staff. And that's why Notre Dame offered him last week. And so now that's another thing you have to uh, look at this. And, you know, I still wouldn't, even though Georgia, I think, is ways away on this, I still wouldn't discount Georgia taking a look at this. It, it just depends on what people think and, and look i know baylor fans can be completely frustrated wishing that he could be that he would just ver- verbally come out and say i'm shutting it down i'm not doing this or whatever the case may be it's, but that's just not the way it's going to work now he may come out randomly 
and do it, but I don't anticipate him doing that. I think what's going to be important here is you know, Baylor's got their final camp coming up on July 30th, which is a week from Saturday. And they're going to have a good number of kids there, highly rated kids there. And I think it's going to be a big recruiting event for the 2023 class. And should he get there for that, I think that's a big uh, win for the coaching staff. And I know that sounds kind of weird to say that because I've always been committed to them for seven months. But yeah, but it, recruiting is a 365 thing because if yeah. you know you've got kids, even though you have this kid committed, you still got to keep going. And in fact, it even gets intensified when other programs like Notre Dame and Ohio State and now Texas and of course Texas A&M get involved in this process. Kevin Longquist joining us, Rivals.com, does a, such a great job covering Baylor. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, the JUCO, Baylor is thin at the quarterback position for various reasons, uh, and the Novasad thing, you know, hopefully that goes the right direction, or that could put further pressure on the Bears at quarterback. Uh, I don't think we still have a great read on where Drones is, they did go after a former La Vega player, uh, Tyler Juco player. What uh, what did you make of that one? Uh, I mean, I, I think everything just kind of has to. Uh, everything's kind of on hold, uh, and you know, this is. Uh, I'll put it to you this way: everything is on hold until they know where they're going with this. And I, I don't put any. I mean, okay. you, you really can't have a plan B, Matt, until you are absolutely certain. Austin's coming. I mean, look, the delicacy of this thing is is what's at stake here. And so you just can't come out there and say, well, yeah, we're going to, or even have it floated out there. I mean, I think that's part of the, the issue here where everyone's going, because it's being talked about a lot in circles. Like, well, if they lose them, what's plan B? I'm like, well, no one can really talk about that until they know. And then they find out. And it may take until middle of December until they actually feel, you know, feel good where this is going with them. But it's kind of like you, you, you have to roll the dice and just roll with it because it's been committed to you for the last seven months and pray to, pray to heaven that it all works out and that it, can, that it comes this way. I mean, that's the best I can tell people about this. I'm not worried about rumors about other quarterbacks or any of that stuff right now until we absolutely have certainty that, he, you know, and, and I've seen stories where he has told other, other publications that he's completely committed to Baylor. And that's great. I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that for Baylor's case, that's the way it's going to end up. But this is June, t- excuse me, July yeah. 21st. We got a ways to go here until the middle of December, and anything can happen. And as yeah. I like to well. say, recruiting is weird, and it's just going to be this way until we get to the finish line. Yeah, yeah. And some publications are a little more rah-rah than others. It is the uh, Matt Mosley uh, Show, ESPN Central Texas. Kevin Lonquist from Rivals.com joining us. And uh, I, I, I wondered what you, uh, you know, since I was out of the country, um, just the, the latest story on the Big 12 um, walking away, at least for now, on a possible merger with the Pac-12, what was your uh, initial thought on that, and where do you um, do you do you sense that uh, Big 12 will continue to at least kind of think about adding maybe three or four of these schools? Where do you? What was your initial uh, take on on that situation? Well, 
I always viewed these discussions with the Pac-12, just from the stuff that I'd read and just talking to a couple people about this, is just, I, I felt it was more exploratory. And it's the Pac-12 that's doing most of the pushing on this because they were the ones that just got hit by a two-by-four by UCLA and USC leaving. So they're the ones that have got to do all the work and try and get themselves situated here. They're basically taking excuse me, taking the Big 12's place from last year, where they're the ones that are have to try and scramble to figure out what their future is. And obviously the Big 12 reacted very, very well, adding four new schools that are going to start uh, July 1st on 2023. Um, but I think the other issue here to keep in mind is that the Big 12's grant of rights do not end until 2024. Now you can obviously negotiate well in advance of when that's coming up, and I would anticipate that in sometime in 2023, that the Big 12 and ESPN and Fox Sports will start talking about this, and then we'll kind of find out exactly how that's going to push. My, my guess is, is that if there's any kind of merger, it's going to be the Big 12 taking schools from the Pac-12 rather than any kind of merger. And obviously the four schools that have been talked about at length about coming to the Big 12 would be Arizona, Colorado, former Big 12 member, but Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and Arizona State. I would still think that those would be the four that you would add. And then, of course, that puts the back to the Pac-12 in a pretty difficult spot. But I guess the whole thing is going to have to depend on where the Big 12 brand of rights go on this and what kind of deal they can negotiate. Because look at it this way. The Big 12 cleared about $42 million per school in its recent revenue distribution in early June. They anticipate those numbers probably going up to about 45, 46 next year. And it's all going to be about what kind of deal can you broker with those four new schools that are entering? Because you got to obviously exclude Texas and OU, who are, I guess, are going to stay until 2025. But you got to broker this with those four new schools. And then I would pre presume that you're going to have to present scenarios to the network saying, well, if we added these four schools, what could that mean for our revenue? And then kind of go from there. And you would probably put models together to determine how that would look. Well, I like it. And uh, I was um, wanting to catch up with you today as I was on the road. Did you do uh, Did you do Orange Beach you, or Destin? Or did you, what, no. what beach did you do this year? We, we actually we have a condo that we go to uh, in Fort Morgan, which is just due west of Orange Beach. It's a little peninsula. Oh. Uh, that's just that's between Orange Beach and Mobile, and uh, we've been doing this for about the last five years, and uh, it's been a great experience for all of us to do this over the years. And one of the years, from a historical value, one of the great things, and I didn't do it this year, I did it two years ago, was that the battleship USS Alabama is docked there in Mobile Bay, and you get to do self-guided tours of it. It's quite an experience uh, going through that battleship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like doing that, and uh, I also like knowing about this condo now, and the Mosleys will hopefully be able to stay there, and we'll try to line something up, okay? Uh, Kevin, I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, travel safe, Matt. Thanks for the time. You bet. You bet. Yeah, thank you for the time, Kevin. It's Matt Mosley's show, ESPN.